And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Bernstein. Coming up next, the Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. I think it's another day. I had a two-week regimen of uh, hydroxychloroquine, and I've taken it, I think, just about two weeks. I think it's another day. So, And I'm still here. I'm still here. And I tested, and I tested very positively in a, in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So, no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. He tested positively, but for what, Greg Pounce, another edition of the Election Crimes Bulletin, and the crimes uh, continue apace, and it appears that the crime scene is expanding. Let's throw Kentucky in there now. Seems like uh, they have something against polling sites. Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. They found out that, believe it or not, um, and I don't know how they couldn't, Maybe they should have known this in advance. Poll workers don't want to die, as it turns out. Most poll workers, if you look at the Election Assistance Commission, you have overwhelmingly poll workers over 65. You know, <laughs> it's kind of an old, old people's extra pin money game. But the, most of them decided for the, you know, for the 40 bucks you get for the day that it ain't worth dying. The result is that in Louisville, there was, and I want to you know, make this clear, one single polling station one single polling station. They sent them to the big stadium in Louisville where you got to bounce around and find out where you're supposed to vote. So this is what this is what's uh, uh, the big story in, in Kentucky is to look towards what's going to happen in November if this, you know, if the virus continues. And even so, whether people are just afraid, uh, even if uh, we think that it's uh, close to eliminate, you're going to have big problems. Plus, you've got then the mail-out issue, mailing out ballots, uh, over 800,000 absentee ballots were requested by Kentuckians who, again, don't want to die, so they want to mail it in. The problem is, is that one of the reasons you have lines is that people are not getting their ballots. I just uh, got off the phone a minute ago with Neil Rosenstein, who is the chief attorney, voting rights attorney for the New York Public Interest Research Group. He's been in this game about 30 years of, of voting rights. And even his daughter, they almost bounced her out of the polls. Uh, they gave her a provisional ballot. And, you know, this is a chief voting rights attorney, and he couldn't convince them that, that, that she's supposed to get a correct ballot. This is happening all over the place, especially with young voters. So and so you have a tremendous problem with people getting their absentee ballots, and that's the big, big problem, plus getting them back in time. So people ask for ballots, they don't get them in time. Um, you know, as I mentioned uh, last week, the ACLU, the heavy ACLU of Georgia, her husband, um, Andrew Young's husband, you know, didn't get his ballot till the day after the election. Well, this is happening in Kentucky, and not everyone has a father or a spouse who is a voting rights attorney, even then can't save the vote. It's... And you have to understand, it's not anyone's vote. This is especially hitting, apparently, uh, newly registered voters, which are young voters, progressive voters, by definition. And, um, you know, so it's, it's brutal. They were also asking young people in New York, for example, we have, you know, we talk about racism. 
You know, and if you're a New York voter and you're young or you're black, um, I bet you were asked for your Social Security number or your driver's license. But that's not legal. They don't have that ID requirement. But about 67% of young black men get asked for their ID in states that don't require ID. Like that, Dennis? Uh, <laughs> Welcome All right, now, let me, let me just jump in here for a second. Uh, we're speaking with Greg Palast. This is our weekly edition of the Election Crimes Bulletin. Uh, Greg has a, a book coming out, uh, How Trump Stole 2020. It's really a book about how uh, to prevent him from stealing it. And essentially, it's not really a book about who gets elected. It's not a book against Trump, but it's about... Uh, it it's really represents uh, many years of Greg's work to defend your vote. And we learn more and more each election cycle about how the right to vote is in grave jeopardy. And oftentimes, uh, people never get a chance to vote. And we're talking about by the millions. We've got a major election coming up, and we see this again and again. Now, in terms of Kentucky, uh, I'm a little confused, Greg, because my understanding is that the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, is from Kentucky. He's got a lot of power in this world. Wouldn't you think if he wanted to make it uh, possible for everybody to have their vote counted, he could make that happen? Doesn't he want to? Oh, um, one would uh suspect that he doesn't because, for example, the uh, GOP of Kentucky uh, and the, uh, the Republican Secretary of State, who's a, um, a um, McConnell drone, try to create a scrub list, try to remove 175,000 Kentuckians from the voter rolls because of so-called inactivity claiming that they failed to vote, which, by the way, in America, you have the right to vote or not vote, but they use this to knock out they use this to knock out voters by the hundreds of thousands. Here, in this case, it would be 175,000 voters. But a judge did block them from pulling off that stunt for now. Uh, so, you know, McConnell has really been trying to put his thumb on that scale because he has another problem. Ken, uh, Kentucky, um, with the new governor, they have let, um, they're now allowing um, all ex-cons who serve their time to vote. That's about 150,000 people. That will also change the 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 story for um, for November, no question. Um, so you know, the Republicans are in a bit, a bit of a panic in Kentucky. You know, it should be their state, but they just elected a Democratic governor, and um, so Mitch McConnell does not have a cakewalk here at all. The only thing he can do is try to get those hundred seventy-five thousand voters off that they're trying to remove. Again, he's not trying to win over voters. He's just trying to remove the, his opponent's voters. You know, and we've gotten so used to this in America that it's just perfectly fine to play games with voter rolls, to play games with people's rights to vote. I am very, very concerned, especially about the mail-in, with getting your ballots on time. So I do encourage people, whatever you do, ask your ballot way in advance for mail-in voting. But I have to say that um, Andrea Young asked for her ballot 40 Five days in advance of the election. Her husband still uh, missed the election by a day getting his ballot. So protect your own vote if you're going to vote by mail. And also check the status when you make a request to vote by mail. If you're not getting it within about three weeks of the election, you better check. And if necessary, re-register and ask again. They're not going to necessarily um, tell you that you don't qualify for that, uh, for that absentee ballot. Uh, I'm starting to panic, Greg, because uh, let's see. 
This is uh, going towards the end of June. The election's in November. There uh, does not seem to be a whole bunch of fuss being made by the movers and the shakers in the Democratic Party or the in or any of the powers that be to be concerned that we just had an election in in Georgia, but there were no machines or they didn't know how to work them or, you know, they didn't yeah, know yeah, where like, the machines yeah. were or. Forty precincts without a voting machine when the polls open. It's pretty hard to vote if there's no machines there. And plus, they didn't have the backup paper ballots, emergency ballots. Here's, uh, uh, like you say, where is the Democratic Party? One thing we have to be very concerned about that that there's been very little discussion on, you do realize that with the DMVs closed because of the virus, when people aren't re-registering or registering um, their new addresses or registering their license, they're not applying to vote because at the every DMV every application for license by federal law has to include an application to vote so DMV registrations are down by millions um, and as you know voter registration drives the church drives to register voters down by millions and so one of the big problems we have with 16.7 million voters purged most of whom have no idea they've lost the right to vote um, and the re- massive fall-off of new registrations, this is a big, big problem for the Democratic Party because the new registrations, of course, are uh, younger um, uh, voters who are, um, you know, who are Democrat- Democrats. So, yeah, uh, so what's going to happen? Um, I don't know, but basically don't count on the Democratic Party to save your vote. You save your own and you agitate for these uh, for the right to get your ballot and get it on time. But I, I also, people better be ready to go in and also vote early, like during the week when a lot of these early voting stations are completely empty during the week uh, in the states that have it. I, I strongly recommend that. I saw dead empty voting centers in California, but on election day it was packed. And why? Because people thought they were going to get their ballot in the mail. If you haven't gotten your ballot in the mail a week before the election, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go double or nothing on losing your ballot. Uh, it's very, very important that you take care of your vote. Um, but I am very concerned about the lack of, of uh, registration drives right now and the fact that everyone is not getting their ballot who asked for them. In most states, not Kentucky again because it got stopped by a judge, but Georgia, Ohio, many other states, if you're on the inactive list, you can ask for your ballot. They won't give it to you. So you're going to have to make a special request directly to your county clerk and your or your county elections board. Is there any kind of concerted, methodical, legal action happening uh, at the national level, or uh, at least effectively in some different states? We heard uh, back in the day before. Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams lost her election to a steal. We heard about uh, a, a battle back. She started an organization. Is there any hope here, Greg? Because this really is a profound situation. This is a, an assault on uh, democracy through the back door, or not even the back door. It's the front door. It's a steal well, in that, front of all of our eyes. As you know, the Greg Powell's team has been working with uh, providing 
material to fair fight. There's battles. And even when the Democrats or progressives take over, as in the state of Wisconsin, when Scott Walker got thrown out and the great Mandela Barnes took over as lieutenant governor, picked up the issue of voting rights with the new election board, they, the election board in Wisconsin is fighting to stop a purge that a right-wing group is suing uh, to be imposed by the courts. So we have this massive new problem that um, right-wing groups are now suing. And here's the new trick, Dennis. And when you ask about is there positive litigation going on, very little, but there's a lot of negative litigation. What's happening is right-wing groups like Judicial Watch, which sued the state of Kentucky to create this purge list, they've now gotten smarter, unfortunately, and they're suing counties which simply don't have the money to defend themselves against these billionaire-funded right-wing organizations. So, for example, Wisconsin, there's a group, Will, a right-wing Wisconsin group, backed by the super-right um, um, Bradley family, which owned and then shut down its factories in Milwaukee. They, they have... Uh, been losing suing the state to force the state to remove hundreds of thousands of voters from the voter rolls. So now they're moving on just suing small counties to remove people. And these counties, one, some of them are, are Republican-controlled, and they're more than happy to be sued. Oh, you want us to remove uh, uh, Mr. Jackson here? No problem. He's erased. You know, in other words, they, want, they literally want to be sued. It's a, it's a legal con that's going on. So some of these counties want to be sued. Others don't want to be sued, but figure they don't have $2 million to defend against uh, some uh, billionaire's um, um, posse of lawyers. It's very dangerous stuff. So that's what's happening all over the country is the attack on voting rolls now at the county level by right-wing groups. And, you know, the number one defense is check your registration, and you may have to re-register twice. Wow. Uh, again, uh, this is the Election Crimes Bulletin. I'm Dennis Bernstein. We do this every week with Greg Palast. Greg Palast is the author of The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, also a film uh, of that name, very powerful about the way in which elections have been stolen in the past, the way it works. Uh, Greg has a new book coming out. We're looking forward to that in July how Trump stole 2020, and I guess the subtitle is How You Can Steal It Back? The subtitle is The Hunt for America's Vanished Voters. And it really is, while Trump has stolen it by his cronies erasing the voter rolls and other trickery, we can bust the burglary and take it back. They can't steal all the votes all the time. So I don't want people to get discouraged, but I want people to, to wake up and stop thinking it's as simple as, oh, I'll just ask for mail-in ballot you got to get the ballot to mail it back in. And, and I don't know how often I can get across that message, but we can bust the burglary. Just take care of your vote. Well, and of course, you can, uh, if you miss uh, the Election Crimes Bulletin, uh, you can check it on the web at flashpoints.net, uh, kpfa.org, or I believe it goes up on uh, greatpalace.com. Some of them are up there as well. Uh, they're up there as a Facebook uh, we're trying to do everything that we can to call attention to the fact that U.S. elections are, I don't know if they've ever been secure, uh, but they certainly are not secure now. And there are so many levels uh, uh, and ways in which people can lose their right to vote. And clearly, in these times of pandemic and maniac uh, politicians, uh, we need the vote to work. And, and this is why, Greg, I 
think it's incredibly important that you're willing to continue to do the election crimes bulletin. Uh, and I know people care a lot about it, but uh, they got to do more than just have fun listening because this is going to be a losing battle. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't like Trump once, you're probably not going to like him a second time. And well, these, look. and most <laughs> of the votes being stolen are. Uh, you know, this is the youth. These are people of color. So these are not Trumpites. No. What? Okay. We have to keep in mind that that um, vote theft is class war by other means, and that means that we go that it's a racial, it's income, and it's also age because uh, they, they're going after the young voters. And and you know, we have to understand that. Um, yeah, they've gotten much better at this stuff. You know, everything from figuring out how not to count your ballot once you. St- once you put it in, I, we're just talking again to the uh, uh, chief lawyer for uh, the New York Public Interest Research Group's uh, Voting Rights Project. His own daughter, he had to go in and make sure, for example, that uh, he, she looked, you know, that they were forcing her to a provisional ballot. Which, by the way, the chance is um, more almost fifty percent that the provisional ballot will be thrown in the garbage, and he knew it. But you know, at a certain point. At least he helped her fill it out so it wouldn't be rejected by things like she doesn't have a car, so you don't put in a driver's license. They throw away the ballot. You're supposed to put no driver's license. Tricks like that because they're hostile to counting the vote in the United States for voters of color and for young people. That's just the truth. We still have an apartheid vote counting system, and they will do everything to get in your way. And there were 7.9 million votes not counted or voters blocked in the 2016 election. That's not Greg Palast. Well, it's in my book, How Trump Stole 2020. It's from the United States Elections Assistance Commission, which keeps track of not only our votes, but the votes we throw away, the votes we don't count. And other nations would be flabbergasted to learn that we literally, literally throw away millions of ballots, but they're, they're not of any color. 900% more likely your vote will be disqualified if you're black than if you're white. 900% difference, Dennis. That's an apartheid election. That's what's going on. Greg, if, um, in terms of uh, being disqualified after not voting for two years, is that a state-by-state situation? Or so have a number of states ratified that? Or is that somehow national law? Well, where does that come from? It's a nasty little combination of the two. What happened, it started out in Ohio with a vicious right-wing Secretary of State, John Houston, who noticed that Barack Obama won two elections, and they had to get rid of that. So you have the only way to get... Uh, rid uh, to to uh, stop the Democrats from holding Ohio is by simply eliminating voters of color, and um, so what they did was they started this business of saying if you miss a couple of elections, and we mail you a postcard, it looks like junk mail. Uh, you should see this in my book. I have an example of it. I mean, it's just junk mail. So maybe four percent of people send it back. If you miss a couple of elections and you don't send in the card, you lose your vote. That was started in Ohio. And so um, the A. Philip Randolph Institute, for those who know their history, the great, you know, the, uh, the, the sleeping car porters union, uh, uh, still has a great foundation. They sued. They said, you know, in America, it says right in the National Voter Registration Act, you can't lose your vote if you decided not to vote in an election. So how can you say these people lose their right to vote? They said, oh, we're not saying that they're losing their right to vote. We're saying they left. They left Ohio. Now, 
just as Stephen Breyer asked a question that I asked at the time. All these people left Ohio, like 800,000 families left Ohio. Where are the moving trucks? I mean, the, the highway should be dra- jammed. Route 80 should be unpassable with these people moving around and out of Ohio. So it's a phony, but the court said, yeah, well, if the Secretary of State says you don't return a postcard, that means you moved. That's okay with us. And so then Georgia picked it up. That was the key to Brian Kemp's fake victory over Stacey Abrams. And it's moved. They try to move it now, like I say, to Kentucky to reelect McConnell. They haven't succeeded so far, but just wait. And But they are doing it in about 20 other states, almost all of them GOP-controlled states. This is one of the most dangerous things. Now, it sounds small to you. Oh, you missed a couple elections. You missed a postcard. But we're talking... 800,000 people in Ohio, and it is not random. This is really dangerous stuff, so it sounds abstruse, but it's not. And unfortunately, most people, because you missed the card, you don't know you've been purged, that you can't get a vote, so you, you, know, you say, oh, I want an FC ballot. You don't get it. You don't get it because you're not registered. Then you go in, you wait two hours in line with your mask on, you get up to the front and they say, well, you didn't and they say, I didn't get my ballot. And they say, well, that's because you're not registered anymore. Or in some cases, yeah, we mailed you a ballot, so you can't vote now unless you vote by provisional ballot. We're going to throw that away. Oh, it, it, it's, I have been, you know, studying vote suppression, you know, basically vote thievery, racial vote thievery for 20 years. This is the worst. This is the worst the worst, and by the numbers, by the effects, these guys have gotten so good at this, and now they've got a Supreme Court on their side, and that's the dangerous thing. I'm very worried, Dennis, that, that um, you know, and again, you know, everyone asks, where's the Democratic Party? Forget it. <laughs> Silence of the Democratic lambs. I can't speak for why the party seems frozen in the headlights except to say, ask for an absentee ballot. That doesn't get you an absentee ballot, and that doesn't protect the vote. But uh, we're going to do it ourselves. You know, you're not going to. There's no political party that's going to save your vote. You save your vote. All right. Well, we're going to continue to do our best on the election crimes bulletin with Greg Palast. Uh, we're going to do this weekly. Uh, this is a uh, uh, election protection operation. We're g- glad to have Greg along for the ride. He's got a new book coming up, How Trump Stole 2020. It's really uh, disinfectant, if you will, uh, in terms of uh, getting rid of the diseases that are are, going to steal your vote if you're not careful. We'll leave it there now, but you can check Greg out at gregpalast.com. Greg, uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Thanks so much, Dennis. Stay safe.